Welcome everybody back to week two of our series entitled Vertical. Come on, can we just welcome all of our campuses, those that are joining us in the jails and the prisons. We're so honored to have all of you with us. So I am so excited this weekend. Again, we're in a very short series, uh, finishing up today. And then, oh, by the way, next weekend, I'm kicking off a three-week series called Unexpected. I'm believing God that God wants to visit you in unexpected ways. Come on, how many of y'all believe that God will visit us in unexpected ways? By, by the way, that is the story of Christmas. We're going to talk about Mary and Joseph and the wise men and the shepherds. It's going to be a powerful time. And then, of course, we'll have literally a whole bunch of Christmas Eve services, uh, Thursday at some campuses, Friday, Saturday. Again, our campus pastors will talk about that. But today, I'm super excited about introducing, uh, I'm not going to say a guest, uh, Pastor Jim LaFoon uh, has been with us literally almost from the beginning year uh, two. For those of you that don't know, Pastor Jim LaFoon uh, lives in Nashville, pastored many, many years. Uh, he's on the board of what's called Every Nation Churches, uh, and he's been a spiritual overseer. By the way, I want to say this. For those of you, we, we've added a 1,000 people to the church at all of our campuses this year. By the way, can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Isn't that yes. powerful? It's amazing. So for those of you that are new to the church of last year, maybe you've even asked that question, how does this church work, and, 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 and how is it structured, and what about the board? Next week for Next Steps, everybody say Next Steps. We actually go through that. I talk about that, and we show up. And so Pastor Jim, so we have a board of internal business people. We call them elders. But we also have on our board what's called overseers. And there's two pastors that are on our board as well. So it's internal and external. Pastor Jim sits on that. And so he's in town. He preaches the same weekend every year because uh, Monday is our big uh, annual board meeting. And so we're so excited at Pastor Jim. He's got a word from God for us. Can we just stand up all of our campuses? Come on, let's warmly welcome Pastor Jim LaFoon. Come on, let's do it. Hallelujah. Can we give God a great hand while we're up? Worthy of all our praise, all of our adoration. You may be seated. I have my wife Kathy here with me this morning. She looks 23, I look 83, but we really have been married 43 years. I think it's only right, Pastor Steve, that I come on Thanksgiving weekend because Louisiana is the best eating state in all of America. The Lord said, if you have three days left, will you, what you I'd say, I would go down to Cajun country, Lafayette, maybe a little farther away. I would eat my way all the way to the French Quarter, then I'd go off to glory. I was on the phone with Pastor Steve um, earlier this week, and I said, what have you been preaching? He said, well, I begin just a little mini-series entitled Vertical. And the minute he spoke that to me, this message, what's the right way? It's like the Lord emailed it to me, I guess. I mean, just, I knew what I was to do. So I'm going to title this Vertical, Learning to Live Vertically. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my Church of the King family. Lord, I thank you for thanksgiving. Lord, just that opportunity to say thank you. Lord, to touch God with gratitude. I'm asking now your Holy Spirit would open the word to us. You'd speak to us. Lord, you'd give us revelation. You'd be practical. Amen. Pastor Steve talked about the power of gratitude last week. And let me use an analogy. How many remember ever watched a space launch? And, you know, finally, when NASA gets it right, it may take three or four times 
all of a sudden, the old rocket begins to take off and there are boosters. And as it goes higher and higher, the boosters drop off and it gets in orbit. One of the greatest boosters to bring you into the presence of God is gratitude. It's thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of those things that can bring you into the presence of God in an incredible way. In fact, the greater the sacrifice, the greater the power. The Bible says we bring sacrifice of praise. Those days when you don't feel thankful, those days when it's kind of hard to see what I'm thanking for, my wife and I, we thank God for you. You're always loving, always kind, always powerful, even when we don't understand you. Now, I wanna talk to you about how does vertical living, I'll define that in a moment, become a lifestyle. It says in Psalms 121, one and two, the psalmist says, I lifted up my eyes to the hills. I lifted up my eyes to the best the world had to offer. Where's my help come from? My help comes from God, who made heaven and earth. When the hills seem to be failing you, when there are no answers in the world around you, how do you go vertical and find him? Here's the predicament we find ourselves in. The average human lives their life horizontally. What do I mean by that? Their input, their inspiration and knowledge comes from the world around them. Their education, relationships, life experience, experts, professionals in their various fields. Sooner or later, however, they're forced to live vertically. Sooner or later, you come to a point in time for a child that's broken your heart, for a marriage seemingly ending, for something in your health and chemo is no longer working, for something in the business cycle where you realize there are just no answers around me. The experts cannot give me an answer and they surely can't give me strength. And sooner or later, every human is forced to live vertically. They're gonna have to look up or they're going to go down. That is reality. When these moments come, we must learn how to connect with God or we will go nowhere but down into depression, down into despair. May I tell you before I illustrate this in a verse that learning to live vertically really happens when it doesn't seem to be needed. The habits in your life of connecting with God, being with God, meeting him in his word, make vertical life a lifestyle. What I mean by that, when, and Kathy and I have had all the phone calls, the cancer spread to the brain, quit working, you've destroyed your health for two years, a child dying in our arms. We've been to most of the things that are just mostly terrorizing. But when you've learned to live vertically, your reflex is you look up and you connect with him. You look up, you find strength. You look up, you find clarity. You look up, even though nothing's changed in your horizontal world, you feel completely different because you've met him vertically. Now we find this story in John 12, 38 through 44. Jesus is in that situation. You know, Jesus, fully God, fully man, and his favorite family in the earth was Mary, it was Martha, and it was Lazarus. Calls Lazarus his friend and he's off and the sisters just send word, Jesus, the one whom you love, and in the Greek, that's the friendship term. The one you love is sick. They're so close, didn't even need a name. 
Jesus finishes up some business knowing the Father has a greater miracle, and by the time he gets there, he's been dead four days. Mary is so heartbroken, she doesn't even come out to greet him. He tries to tell Martha, listen, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me. She goes, yeah, I know one day that'll happen. There is no faith horizontally. There's no faith in the crowd. As we look in verse 38, he's deeply moved. Why? Because Mary just said, if you could have been here sooner, you could have saved him. You see, we all come to a point where we believe it's impossible for a miracle. Mary thought, we know you can heal sick people. We've seen that, we heard, if you'd have just gotten here in time. But four days dead, no way. And Mary cries, and the Bible says Jesus breaks down and weeps. There's no faith horizontally. His greatest followers believe this is done. No one believes this miracle is going to come came to this cave and there was a stone. He said, take away the stone. And Martha said, you got to be kidding me. He's decomposing. Man, my life's decomposing, pastor. That business that you, the two of you feel like something's dying in my business is just decomposing, pastor. I've got a child that's seemingly just dead to us right now and I don't know what to do. Jesus said to her, didn't I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Martha thought he was talking about the, the resurrection at the end. Roll the stone away. When he rolled the stone away, Jesus had a chance. He could look around and find someone to believe. He could look in and try to figure it out, but his reflex was he looked up. He looked up, and here's what he said. Father, I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me. I'll talk about the confidence of living vertically in a moment. When he had said these things, he cried out, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound, his linen strips face wrapped on mine. He went from decomposing. How's that become your reflex? What's it take in those moments when that which you love just seems to be decomposing? A marriage, a child, a business, your health, and there's no more faith around you. The only thing worse than a doctor saying we're done is a Christian doctor saying we're done. Because then you think, huh, both God and my doctor are done. What do you do? How do you build that reflex so when that crisis pierces your life, you look up? There's a process that involves an answer to four questions. In our remaining minutes together, I'm going to ask you four questions rhetorically, then I'm going to answer them. Number one, are you a committed member of your local church? I don't mean do you have a local church. I mean, are you a committed member? Have you gone through first steps? Are you in a small group? Are you involved? And I know many of you that are seeing me here personally are. Looking out to our online audience, our great sites, this is critical, why? 
when it comes to living vertically, there are certain places where that's more possible than others. If you want to study the heaven or you want to study the stars or you want to study the universe, typically you're going to go to an observatory. And they have discovered there are certain places in the earth where it's just much easier to look into space. There are certain places where it's just clear and typically, for me, it was Mount Palomar in California growing up. There are different places where if you'll position yourself here, you'll see better. You'll have a telescope. Now, we know our telescope for viewing God is his living word preached and studied. But the local church and local churches, not just this one, are places on the earth where we can live vertically more easily. And here's why. It says in Psalms 22, 3, you're enthroned. Another way in the Hebrew is you dwell in the praises of your people. You dwell. That means when God's people come together and worship, God descends. One of the great powers of the local church is that when we worship together corporately, God says, I inhabit that. I dwell there. That means God comes closer. That means out of the invisible realm, if I may say this, his presence bleeds through. How many of you can feel God at church sometimes? Raise your hand. You don't even know how you can say that. You just know that's God. And this will be one of the easiest places you ever feel God. You go to some countries, it's harder than America. The Bible goes on to say, where two or three are gathered, I'm among them. I think what God is saying, there's a dynamic of my presence you won't get alone. There's an unusual dynamic of my presence. That's why small group life is so important for you. And I tell you, when you have your great small groups in this church, do not miss that. Because there's a measure of God's presence. Kathy and I, two or three, we gather together every night before we go to bed. If I'm traveling, I'm calling her on the phone. He is in our midst. And I might, I'll give you a couple other reasons. One is 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 through 20. That God says, we're part of a body. Maybe your hand, maybe your foot, maybe your mouth, maybe your nose. But there's not one of us that can live without the body of Christ. I don't care how educated you are, how affluent you are. When you find and commit to a local church, you don't just have the benefit of God directly touching you. You have the benefit of God ministering to you through your brothers and sisters. Lastly, and very powerfully, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says God gives people like Pastor Steve, like me, apostles, pastors, teachers, etc. Why? To equip the saints. Our ultimate goal is not for you to connect with God here. Our ultimate goal is to teach you how to connect with God so you can live vertically the rest of the week. We worship, we teach, we preach. Why? Because, beloved, one connection with God every week is not enough. Two connections with God every week is not enough. Kathy and I, we start our mornings just like Pastor Steve and Jennifer do and others. We're seeking God. We're in the Word. I was singing this morning in my hotel. I wanted to quiet me so the whole hotel could, would not have to listen to my ugly singing. I was singing and worshiping. Why? Because life, vertical life starts the moment you wake up. Now, second question is this. 
are you building your life with God on biblical habits or are you totally dependent on your spiritual habitat? COVID, that terrible pandemic, as much as it was terrible, it revealed something. I mean, there were churches, and I have friends in Europe, they could not be in church for 18 months. I have friends in Asia, 18 months, some still barely coming out of it. Here in America, depending where you live, you could be out of church for months. And you have to think, why in God, how, how in God's sovereignty could he use something as terrible as a pandemic? Here's how. Because I have to ask the question, when you were pulled out of your spiritual habitat, how did you do? What was left? I think that was a time to find that in God. Hmm, is everything I have just based on being with God's people or do I really have something with you? Have I connected with you in such a way that even when I was ripped out of my spiritual family other than online for a season, I was still finding you, knowing you, hearing you, walking with you. One of the most powerful examples of that is Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. It was the darkest hour of the life of Jesus. He was hours away from being arrested, brutally beaten and murdered. But he's also days away from the greatest revival the world had ever known. He comes now to the Garden of Gethsemane and says, and he came out, speaking of the Last Supper, and went, as was his custom, or as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives. Jesus had a habit. Every time he came to Jerusalem, he went to the Mount of Olives and went to the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed every time. It was just his habit. He'd preach in the temple. He'd do what he did. Maybe it started at 12. We don't know. He would go into the Garden of Gethsemane and pray. Not so with his disciples. We find when you look in Matthew 26, 30-44, he comes, he says, you guys sit here, I'm going to pray. Their habit was sitting while Jesus prayed. But that day he surprised them and said, Peter, James, and John, come pray with me. Why would he pick on them? Well, they're the ones that went to the Mount of Transfiguration and the Father showed them by revelation. Moses, Elijah came down praying for Jesus to prepare him for his death, but they missed it. They slept through most of it. And now we're gonna find out the difference in habit and habitat. There's sorrow everywhere. Judas is already betrayed. He's already told them, I'm going to die, but I'll rise. It's dark. So he brings them in. He has a habit. They have a habitat. While he prays and sweats blood, they fall asleep for sorrow. What are your spiritual habits? May I tell you, in the end, when crisis comes, you'll be reduced to your habits. When crisis comes and there's pain everywhere and you don't know what to do and you have no idea, the phone is rang, the call you never thought you'd get, the betrayals come, the hurt has come, your chest is pounding, you're in that ambulance. No matter what you might be facing, it will reduce you to your habit. I'll talk more about that in a second, but that is why Building the habit of living vertically is so critical. 
Because the horizontal world can be very challenging, very hard. Now, number three, are you walking by faith or by sight? In the end, is your life determined by what you see or by what he says? May I say this? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, if that's the case, and it is, how do you walk by faith? Faith, beloved, is like putting on a different pair of glasses. You know, they have these virtual reality glasses now. Faith's like putting on reality glasses because when you see by faith, you see what God is doing in the midst. It's like augmented reality. Faith augments your reality with what God is saying, what God is doing. The question is, like, how do I build my faith, Pastor? Like, what can I do on a daily basis that will build my faith? One of my favorite scriptures, one of Pastor Steve's favorites as well, it says this in Romans 10, 17. Very, very powerful word. Faith comes by hearing something. And hearing through the word of Christ. One of the reasons you feel better when you leave the Church of the King is you worship and you hear the word. There's something about hearing the word. I have friends that they listen to the Bible on tape. They put, that's a great way to do it. But the great power is when you're away from the house of God is you confess that word and you speak it and you hear it. There's a term in mathematics called vertical shift. And it's in every form of mathematics, and I'm not great at mathematics, but basically, through, when vertical shift takes place, the normal place you've been stuck on the graph shifts. It can shift up or down. And confessing the word of God is one of the ways we get vertical shift. You say, man, pastor, I'm down this morning. What do I do? Be honest. Have you ever woken up depressed? Raise your hand. Two hands as bad as me. Okay, I just wake up down. You ever have down day, Pastor Steve? Ever have a morning like that? How do I shift out of that? Now, for me, I do psalms and hymns, but I find confessing the word of God puts you in vertical shift like lightning. I woke up this morning, I thought, I'm going, to, I'm going Hebrews today. And I said, Lord, you say, by faith, I believe. Everything I see was created out of what I don't see by your word. I believe today that faith is the evidence of my healing. That faith is the substance I feel my request being answered. I believe by faith today my Red Sea is parting. I believe by faith today my Jerichos are come tumbling down. I believe by faith today out of my weakness I am made strong. I believe by faith today Every demonic lion in my life, his mouth is shut. How many of you know we just shifted? And when you begin to confess that word, I heard Joyce Myers say this by revelation. Some of you, she's a great, great speaker. Pastor Steve knows her, said this. She said, I learned a long time ago to stop 
God told me, stop begging me for what you already have and confess what I've given you. And when I've learned that, that'll shift you. You speak that word, it'll shift you. Stop begging and start shifting. That's vertical shift. You're stuck on one place and plane of life, but you begin to confess. By faith, they routed foreign armies. Oh, by faith, they did justice. By faith, they went out not knowing where they were going in my business, in my life. By faith, they received their dead back to life. By faith, though they were very old and long past menopause, they were enabled. You can see. That'll shift you. Shift you. Now, last point. Are you in a dialogue or a monologue with God? Unless you like talking to yourself, and I don't mind it from time to time, praying and never ever feeling like you're receiving anything back is tough. It's interesting, Jesus made a bold statement that few can say. He said, Father, I know you always hear me when I pray, but for their benefit, I'm praying. Oh, okay. How do you know God's hearing you? Well, the Bible says it, but how do you experience that reality? This is in John chapter 10, verse 3. To him, the gatekeeper, speaking of Jesus, opens the door. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Part of your birthright is you're a sheep. That's a person that's following Christ, Savior and Lord. My sheep hear my voice. I know him by name. Well, how do you know your prayers are being heard? How's that happen? How do you know this is going on? I'll give you four ways God communicates with us. Now, I'm not obviously preaching is one of them, but I'm going to talk personally now when you're at home. Number one, he communicates with us through verses. When Jesus was battling the devil, do you realize he never had a conversation with the devil? He just spoke scripture. The Lord told me this, for every battle, I have a blade. For every battle you're in, the Bible's the sword of the spirit. For every battle you're in, I'll put a blade in your hand. He answered the devil in Matthew 4, 4. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word there in the Greek Septuagint, that's out of the Old Testament, is rhema. Every word you speak feeds you. There are times in my life when I'm just torn. And I'm vertically shifting and I'm coming up in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, a scripture just comes to my mind. For me, it's not normally the reference. For me, it's a few words, and I've been reading the Bible since I was eight. You go, because what's that, 20 years? Give or take 40, 40 years, that's true. <laughs> so I've been reading the Bible a long time, but in key moments in my life, Kathy, it's the same. A scripture, she'll say to me, man, God gave me this scripture today. Well, how does she know? That just means that scripture came to her mind. That wasn't osmosis, that was the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Pastor Jim, not many scriptures come to my mind. Well, maybe not many scriptures are in your mind to start with. And I might add, the more you read the Bible, the more you give the Holy Spirit to work with. That he'll speak scripture to you. He'll give you scripture. 
oh my golly, I'll be praying sometimes so down. And also the, the scripture will come to me. I've given you the garment of praise for the spirit of depression. What does that mean? And yes, I know there are great medicines for depression, but one of the greatest medicines is praising God and thankfulness and gratitude. Gratitude is one of the things that vertically shifts. Secondly, God will speak to you vocally. You go, that's weird. Well, it's in the Bible. First Kings 19, 12, and 13, the great prophet Elijah called down fire, great miracles. He was very depressed. His country was down to 7,000 believers. There was a mighty wind. Then the Bible said there was an earthquake, <clears throat> a fire. The Lord wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in the earthquake or the wind. It says, and after the fire, there was a sound of a low whisper. He could barely hear it. But when he heard it, he came out of the cave of depression, wrapped his face. And the Lord whispered, Elijah, why are you here? I know we all wish God would speak audibly. Or even better, there was 67 books in the Bible and the seventh book had your name on it and told you everything you needed to know. I just wish it was that simple. But the fact of it is, God still speaks in a whisper. You can't read the Bible and, and not believe he doesn't speak. Soft, why soft? Forces you to focus. Forces you to listen. What's it like, Pastor Jim? It's just a soft voice in your conscious mind. You say, well, explain. How many of you can tell the voice of your mama? Raise your hand. Well, why can you tell it? You heard it a bunch. It's the same with God. Now, I skipped a point, so let me back up. God also speaks to us viscerally. That's, that's in the whole world of senses, perception. Feelings. Jeremiah said, when I didn't want to preach anymore, I felt like I was in fire on the inside. How have you ever, if you felt God, raise your hand, okay? You've ever felt evil, raise your hand. So a lot of times we feel things by the Holy Spirit, and the sense of evil is not always the Holy Spirit many times, but we don't know what we're feeling. I've learned to understand the visceral things of God in my life. If I'm sitting in my office, and all of a sudden, the presence of God. You ever just been sitting at home and felt the presence of God? Many of you. May I tell you, your phone's ringing. If, I, know you've, I know you've turned it off. You're busy with your favorite program or reading. God got you on vibrate. And all of a sudden, why would his presence come on? He got something to tell you. There's something he wants. Like, I'll be in my chair reading my favorite book, and I'll feel God's presence. I'll stop, he goes. I need you, I go, I'll see you at the end of the chapter. I don't recommend that because many times it's lifted off. Don't miss those moments. When all of a sudden I feel real danger, I'll stop and say, okay, Lord, what's going on here? Communicate with you. Touch you. By verse, by visceral, by vocal, and by visual. It says of Ananias, who was hiding from Saul, who was coming to kill him, that he was a disciple, the Lord said to him in a vision. That means God showed him on the screen of his imagination a picture of the apostle Paul waiting for him. You say, well, there are times God will speak to us through impressions on the screen of our imagination. You say, Pastor Jim, that's just crazy. Well, 
When I was really young, I got invited to elders meeting. Many, many years, I thought, it's either a promotion or a demotion. Why am I being invited? All my senior elders and leaders were around me. And I was in line for the food, trying to act real humble. I looked back at one of the elders, and I thought, what did I eat? I shouldn't eat that pizza before I came. They're kind of into health food, so I, know would be, I knew I'd be hungry, so I had a snack, get there. And all of a sudden, I look back, and in my mind, I could see a hammer hitting him on top of the head. I go, oh, that's dumb. I go, I said, Fidel, how's your head tonight? He goes, I have a pounding headache. I go, well, let me pray for you. That sounds crazy, but God communicates the way he will. Bible fundamental. Now, I'm going to ask Pastor Doug to join me now. Let me summarize this. We've all had moments of living vertically. They're the exception, though, meant by God to bring us into a lifestyle of vertical living. It's one of the reasons your local church is so important. Your local church is like a spiritual observatory, raised up above the normal world. You can see God more clearly. You can feel him. You can sense him. People around you can help you. Oh, my goodness. How are your spiritual habits? Man, I, who wouldn't want to be in a church like this? But the purpose of this church is not just to give you a place once a week to get a holy shot of adrenaline or in your small group. We're equipping you for your home to become a spiritual habitat, to bring your habitat with you. Are you putting on the lenses of faith? You speak that word. You say, I'm depressed. Shift it. You say, is the word all I need? No, God can use doctors and medicine, but doctors and medicine without the word won't work as well either. You can shift that. You can shift your mood. I absolutely, utterly guarantee you, you speak the word, you'll find vertical shift. Lastly, are you in a monologue or a dialogue? I'm going to pray. I'll turn this to Pastor Doug. If you'd like to live vertically more than ever before, raise your hands. I'm going to pray. And I'm, I got my hand up too. Holy Spirit, I thank you for my Church of the King family and our sites online. And Lord, I pray, Lord, horizontally, there's been a lot of challenging news of late. Lord, all of us feel horizontally challenged right now. But we lift up our eyes today. And we say what is impossible with man is possible with God. Say that with me. What is impossible, it's impossible. With, man with man is possible with God. It's possible with God. Now I'll pray, raise us to a different plane yes, that we might learn to live vertically with you. Thank you. 
Congratulations to those who have made the decision to follow Christ. Now this is the best decision that you will ever make. And we are so proud of you. The Bible says that you are a new creation, free from guilt and shame of your past. And now this is just the first step of your new life with Christ. But let's take another step by telling someone today about the decision you made to follow Christ. Absolutely. And the way that you can do that is you can text decision to 822-822 and we'd love to send you some resources. Or if you're watching live, you can just let the host know and they'd love to talk with you. Again, we just wanna celebrate with you and say congratulations. That's amazing. And Ben, do you know what month is starting next week? What's that? December, and we love Christmas time around here, especially at Church of the King. And we are starting our new sermon series entitled Unexpected, an Unlikely Christmas. So you do not want to miss it. We will see you here, same time, same place. We love you guys. Have a great week.